Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, they played 60 regular season games. They played three rounds of postseason baseball. And after it's all said and done, the two best teams in Major League Baseball are meeting in the World Series. Very fitting, a very entertaining championship series on both the American League side and the National League side, and I'm very excited about the 2020 Fall Classic. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I mean, like you said, the two best teams, and the two best teams start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, all year, there, there wasn't a blip on the radar. Whether it's like, man, this t- the Rays are really stinking. The Dodgers are really struggling outside of those, you know, losing streaks in the league championship series. But, yeah, both of them, two. those are two crazy series. Like in very different ways. Like we've seen the three one comeback before. The Rays, I, I think the Rays showed a lot, almost in a bizarre way. Like obviously they would have been a lot better off to to sweep the Astros, get it over with. But they almost showed like more resilience by stopping them after the three game winning streak or losing streak, and then mm-hmm. you know still advancing. Like that's something that the Yankees in '04 couldn't do. This is something that's. Besides that, never really happened in baseball history. And they set the pace early. Charlie Morton did Charlie Morton things and do or die games. And, you know, you look at Charlie, he's, unless I'm reading it wrong, looks like he's set up to, to start a potential game seven. Yeah, you, we talked a lot about postseason legacies on our show on Friday. And I'm not saying Charlie Morton's going to be in Cooperstown or anything. No. no. But. Charlie Morton is going to be remembered as one of the better pitchers in playoff history. Similar Mm -hmm. to the love that Julian Edelman gets when it comes to postseason receiving numbers and and, and football, you're able to look at it and say, yeah, you know, he's not a Hall of Fame receiver, but Julian Edelman makes the big catches. He makes the big plays. He always delivers. He's always in those big games. Part of the reason he's in those big games is because he's on – a team with a lot more talent around him with players that are better than him. Same same thing can be said for Charlie Morton. I mean, I think back to his time with the Pirates. He had one postseason start in Pittsburgh, and it was a really good outing. Unfortunately, the guy he was going up against was just even better, and Michael Walker in Game 4 of the NLDS in 2013. 
but he performed well there. I think he threw seven innings in that game. And then he goes to Houston. Game seven of the ALCS. Game seven of the World Series in 2017. Gets the job done there. And then, I mean, just game after game. He started He started the one-game elimination in the wild card last year mm-hmm. against an Oakland A's team on the road. And he didn't even have his best stuff that game. Yeah, he still, I think, gave him six strong innings. I mean, this is a guy that it's just crazy to think that ground Chuck, Charlie Morton, and we're not over-exaggerating it. The numbers don't lie. He's quite literally one of the best pitchers in playoff history. I mean, he's played, he's pitched in four, or started four do-or-die games. Mm-hmm. And he's won all four. Yeah. Like this. Not his team won. He got he, the victory. Yeah. There, there was no man. I gave up six runs, but we won, you know, nine to seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it was, hey, Charlie turned at a really good start. Let's build off of that. I mean, <laughs> the Rays have signed what one big free agent in our lifetimes, and it's in their existence, and they picked the right one. Yeah, yeah, and and you got to give respect for not only Morton, but just the way. And like I've said this the entire time, uh, the entire playoff how Tampa knows what they are and they know how to work with what they have better than anyone. Their decisions to start guys and bench guys, their decisions to pull starters. I mean, a lot of managers probably keep Charlie in, you know, a little longer in that game, but no, they, they knew exactly when his time was done. They put in Anderson, they put in, uh, what's their closer's name? Who who closed it out for the Rays? I don't think it was their closer. Oh, okay. Well, whoever. They, they put in, like, Fairbanks or somebody. Yeah, somebody. Well, but just wherever. Like, their bullpen decisions are on point every single time. Every single time. It's it's impressive. And, the, and just their development. I mean, this, this Randy kid is just hitting a home run every time he steps on a baseball field, it seems. I mean, I've, I've seen some baller moves in my day, but him just – Knowing he was getting the ALCS trophy, uh, MVP trophy was just awesome. Did you see that clip? No, I saw him with the cowboy boots. Oh, no. they So during the trophy presentation, they're like, and now for the ALCS MVP trophy. And he just started walking up. He just knew it. Like, that is awesome. I mean, who man. else is it? Yeah, no, you're, you're a thousand percent right. I mean, seven home runs as a rookie. I mean, geez, oh, man. That's just... That's some that's some Tampa Bay Rays nonsense, but good for them. And then we got to talk about we just got done watching, for my money, one of the better baseball games I've watched in quite some time. Uh, the Dodgers Braves game seven. First things first, Atlanta fans. My God, they what did you do? Twenty eight to three. The Calgary. Three. I mean, no verb. It's a verb. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got that. You got your hockey. Their hockey team just up and left them. I mean, like the basketball team could have had Luka Doncic, and they're like, "No, nah, we're good." You know, they traded that pick away, and they're like, "Oh, we're good. We'll move back." I mean, they got Trey Young, who's good, but still, like Luka is an an all time talent. And now this, I mean, last year too, they're up two games to one. They blow that series lead. You get into game five, and they lose 13-1. to I mean, that's brutal. And then you follow it up by being up three games to one on a Dodgers team who looked dead in the water. 
But like I said on Friday's show, if any team could come back down 3-1, it was the Dodgers. And they you did it without that. they did it without Kershaw too. I mean, he didn't contribute anything in that series. Yet the bats came alive. I mean, they're getting hits from from everyone. I mean, Will Smith, Seeger, Bellinger with an absolute. I mean, that's an iconic. He strutted on him. Yeah, strutted on him. The Cody Bellinger memes also on Twitter are like my favorite thing in the world right now. Did you see the one? I think it was our guy Michael Clare posted. Uh, he said, it's like him reading the inside of his hat, and it said, Cody, please remember, you are, in all caps, playing a game of baseball right now. And then he's like looking at it like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, just like those ones. Like, Cody, he just does have like a resting stoner face. Like, I don't know yeah. if he, if, I don't know if that's a hobby it of his or not. It doesn't help that he lives in LA. Yeah, and he just looks like a real bro. You know, like he just – with that headband, and he's just always – I mean, he dislocated his shoulder celebrating a home run. Like that's some that's some bro stuff, man. I I, I, I probably – like I kind of did the same thing except like in high school when it wasn't a home run. But like, yeah, like that's, that's some just dumb bro stuff. He's awesome. Cody Bellinger gives off that like dumb bro energy that like Gronk does, but Gronk, you know, it's kind of like meathead. Yeah, For Bellinger, it's stoner. Well, no, it's a perfect example of Gronk is an East Coast Buffalo, you know, born and raised, jumping through tables. Where Cody's just like, that's that's so cow, dude. That's chill, <laughs> you know. So much skis, yeah. Like he's just like. <laughs> Freaking awesome, man. I mean, that whole team, like that, that Dodgers team is so much fun to watch. I mean, they got relief There's pitchers so just throwing talent. hats when they get out. You know, Mookie Betts is just the man. Three ridiculous catches. This uh, the series. one the one that doesn't get talked about. I mean, his home run robbery today or Sunday night was incredible. And the other catch up against the wall in game six was really good. But the one of him running in. Yeah, the shoestring. Yeah. That's the best catch of the po- of the postseason, in my opinion. 90%, that's the best defensive play. Ninety percent of right fielders in baseball, they go to get like the ball out of their glove, and they realize that it's thirty feet behind them. Yeah, that or they don't even try. Ninety percent of right fielders in yeah. baseball take one step and play it off a hop. But mm-hmm. Mookie Betts is just a good enough athlete where he can have the confidence to go do that. But in a game six, when your team's down for him to have, excuse my language, the balls to go and do that, I mean, the only play in the field, uh, I think, who was it? Uh, Hunter Renfro made a series of catches. And uh, the Rays guy who flipped over the right side of the field, I mean, those are all spectacular. But when we're talking pure athleticism, that's the best play in the field that's been made in the postseason this year. Incredible. And and the threat of his arm, like, forced Marcelo Zuna to stay off the base, Mm -hmm. caught the base running error. Too bad the Barbs didn't have any more base running errors. Uh, Oh, my God. I mean, uh, John Morrissey tweeted. John Morrissey tweeted when they did that. One, that's the type of thing where, like, I'll watch the Dodgers turn a double play on a base running error like that, and I just think, like, the Pirates could never. 
and like no disrespect <laughs> to the pirate, but like you well, know damn well it do, pick pick a pirates team outside of the years of 2013 to 2015 that ball is getting sailed into left field on the rundown they're throwing they're missing the tag someone's tripping you know they're throwing it to the wrong base they're doing something and like the Dodgers man that was just that was poetry and it blows my mind I think it was Swanson who was on second or no Swanson got tagged out running home so I don't know who was on second who's on first you know uh but no but the player on second how in the world did it not click for him to just, like dude go on third base Dansby screw yeah. like yeah this is little league stuff that you're taught and for them to make that cons uh that that costly uh, mistake John Morrissey tweeted he said that's the type of mistake that loses you a series and like they're going to be replaying that one for a very long time. That was a very, very dumb mistake. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was a run because not only is it, it – did the runner even advance to second base on that play? Yeah. Okay. But it, you still have second and third, one out in that situation where fly ball, the infield's still in. Maybe you sneak something through that way. There are a lot of ways to score that one extra run. And – they fall one run short, and we, and we brought up the Mookie play, and you know that was saving a run, but you know that was a self-inflicted injury, and the Dodgers pitching, it, it it's been a lot better than a lot of people expected this entire series, and with the exception of that one game three game, it, it's actually been pretty damn good, but it's not that good that you can throw away runs against the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's one thing to hit into a double play with multiple guys on, but that double play, A, it could have been avoidable, and B, how many double plays do you see where they're turned, where you eliminate two runners in scoring position? They had runners on second and third, and yeah. they they made that mistake with nobody out. Yeah, And you get both of the lead guys out? Are you kidding me? That is inexcusable. That's, that's what loses you a series. It's not the solo home runs. You know, it's just... And, the, and I'll say this, the Dodgers left a lot of guys on base earlier in that game, too. They probably could have oh, yeah. won that oh, game yeah. by a lot more. It, it was a good game. Can we, can we just, I mean, it was two good teams. It was the two best teams in the National League going at it for seven rounds, for 15 rounds, seven games. It was, yeah. if anything, I think the Braves might be thinking, hey, that that pitching staff is probably pretty gassed at the moment. Like this is a chance for them to to get up early in this series. Like it's probably going to be Glasnow game one. What do you think it's going to be? Glasnow, Snell, Morton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, so you're going look, you're looking at Glasnow Kershaw game one. It, you know what? With Kershaw, how he is coming off this his last start, his playoff it, it, history, you have to feel like. The Dodgers have the upper hand in there. I mean, this is... The Dodgers or the Rays? The, the Rays, I'm sorry. The Rays have the upper yeah. hand. Yeah, it's... You know what I meant. Yeah, I know. This is why I need a podcast partner, so I don't, you know, I get called out whenever I'm wrong. All right. Well, we're going to preview the World Series on tomorrow's show because there's no baseball today. Sad. Uh, but there will be baseball tomorrow. Happy. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. When we get back... We are going to talk about some Pirates news. It's been a while, but there is some good stuff. Alex has been all over it, and we're going to discuss when we return. We took it all. 
we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Second segment of the show, and Alex, as you know, and as our listeners know, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Alex, you and I got together at Mike's Beer Bar this weekend. As always, a good time. Uh, had some. You had the steak on the stone. I had mm-hmm. the fries. We both had. We both had some cold drinks, some good beers. Um, just an overall great place, great experience, great people. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, and you know what? I I took a couple uh, crawlers home also. Just you know. Keep the party going back back home I've, while watching playoff baseball by myself. I've been meaning to tell you this. You left a crowler at my house. I have it. I still haven't opened it. You probably should. That was that yeah. was a while ago. That was two weeks ago. Those things last a while, right? Yeah. Everything has a shelf life. But yeah. All right. Well, I'm drinking it tomorrow. All right. All right. Monday night football doubleheader. That's what I'm gonna be doing. All right. Anyway. Pirates are in the news for multiple reasons. Alex, you've been on the beat covering it as you tend to do, uh, which is your job. First things first, bringing back all the assistant coaches, or at least it looks that way. What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, the opportunity for for someone to maybe move on. Like Don Kelly has been named in reports for uh, the Tigers managerial job. I haven't been able to independently, you know, confirm that, but man, it, it it looks like that it makes sense that he would at least be considered. Um, yeah, but besides that, unless a coach wants to leave on their own volition, everyone's coming back next year. And I know that's going to drive a couple people crazy because, you know, this was a very bad offense performance-wise. Uh, pitching took a step forward, but <laughs> the three people that they're going to be saying are the hitting coaches, Rick Eckstein, Mike Ribello, and, you know, Joey Core is always going to have, you know, people, you know, wondering why he's he's still employed. But, you know, this is a staff that they really liked coming into the year. And then they were gone for most of the year. And, you know, they did some they did some good prep work during the shutdown as much as they possibly could. I know people parts did just finish with the worst record in baseball. I get people who want to, who want to see change even if it's just change for change's sake. But this wasn't really that much to work with. And if you liked the guys, you know, the group that you assembled, do you really want to change it after just 60 games, regardless of how poorly those 60 games went? So, yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, they're coming back next year. And, you know, I, I think there were some good things, you know, that this staff produced. Like I said, I think Oscar Marine and Justin Message, good steps forward in the pitching, especially late in the year. I think uh, Tark Brock, what he brought to the outfielders, you know, this year, it, it was good. And there's some overall slightly better base running as a group. It's, it is what it is. Year two, I think we're going to see some changes in the roster. And I, I, I don't know, a little continuity would help, I guess, for that. Yeah, I, 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 not shocked that anybody that everyone's returning because, like you said, it was such a short 
um, season. But I do think that maybe there has there is a message where hey, we can't have a repeat of guys. So many guys regressing at the plate, Rick. You know, everyone was excited because his first year there was some surge of offense. Uh, I mean, in a, in a in a year where the balls were clearly juiced, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think no one's seat's necessarily hot, but it's just kind of like, hey, you're back. We believe in you. Like, don't screw this up because at the end of the day, the offense was bad and someone's head's going to have to roll if it continues to be bad. I also agree with what you said with both the pitching uh, guys coming in and making an impact early on. And I'm excited to see what they can do with one full year of baseball without an interrupted uh, Mm -hmm. year of spring training and not having a month by month hiatus uh, just to really stick around and attack it normally. And every other club is also going to do that. Every other club had the struggles of the pandemic, not just the pirates, but Hey, when it's a first year manager, a first year GM and a lot of new changes, a lot of new changes on the roster, it's going to be difficult. They're going to have new changes on the roster next year or whatever, but hopefully it'll be a little bit more normal in all other senses of getting everything together. So, Alex, in addition to the coaching staff, uh, there's also changes on the schedule when it comes to time. Pirates are now going to be playing home games on weekdays. I believe it's in the first two months of the season and the last month of the season. Is that right? So April, May, and September, weekday home games. Instead of starting at 7, they'll be starting at 6.30. Why are they doing this? As you know, we just saw with this game 7 of the NLCS, games are lasting longer and longer and longer. And, you know, Pirates can't really control that, but they can, you know, do this, help families, make sure they get in, get home a little sooner. Like that, that's an extra half hour. And, you know, in a couple of years, that's probably going to still end up meeting, hey, you got, you get home at 11 or whatever. But, you know, they want to make sure that families could come in. And, you know, the plan is for 2024 fans or 2021, I'm sorry, for fans to actually come back into the stadium. And, you know, they... They wanted to make some changes to PNC Park. You know, that was part of what Travis Williams, the team president, talked about, you know, during spring training about how, hey, we want to be as accommodating to fans as possible. This is just another small example of that. Yeah. And I I mean, other teams have done this. It seems to go well. I Mm -hmm. I don't hate the idea. I mean, it gets us in bed a little bit earlier, right? Yeah. (laughs) A half hour earlier, whatever that means. But hey, I mean, that's cool. I think it's it's great to – you're never going to get me upset when you're accommodating to finding a way to get kids into the ballpark. I think that is no, yeah. the most important thing not only the Pirates but all Major League Baseball can do right now is finding a way, and if that's economically, if that's you know developing little leagues or whatever, and even if it's moving your games up half an hour early, making baseball more youth-friendly is a good thing. You will never convince me otherwise. And this is this is good. I mean, I have a ton of memories of going to watch baseball games with my with my dad, with my family and friends as a kid. I'm as as do you, Alex. And uh but I do remember like when I was young having to leave in like the seventh inning, you know, because he had school the next day. And it would be a treat sometimes when if it was a good game, your your dad would look at you and say, Hey, you can sleep on you can sleep in the car on the way home, like let's watch nine innings, you know, like that, that's kind of cool, but being able to 
not have those worries and go out and maybe make that game end 10 to 10 30. It's a big difference when you're eight, you know, like that, that's, yeah. that's bedtime versus like you're in the red. So that's all good stuff. I like that choice by the pirates. I like the, you know, that extra effort I think shows a lot. Yeah. I hope they keep that youth focus. I mean, next year is going to be weird also. I mean, they're not going to have you know, a full stadium. It doesn't look like, no. I mean, not with how, you know, this virus is still sticking around. But, you know, whenever we do return to whatever normal is, like the Orioles, I know, you know, they had programs where, you know, if you bought a an adult ticket, you could bring a kid along for free. You know, mm-hmm. they get a free seat. Like, I, I, I'd like to see the Pirates do stuff like that, too. So, yeah. Well, that's all we got. Alex, any uh, final words? Uh, that was just some good playoff baseball. And you know what? You you can act smug for a little bit that Rob Manfred, despite his best efforts, the two best teams in baseball still did rise to the top, and we don't have a sub-500 team in the World Series like I've been panicked about this entire October. Cream always rises to the top. Not always. Not, not always, always, but more often than not. I mean, that's why, that's why they're the best team. No, but I mean, from top to bottom, postseason. Well, it's just an excellent postseason is what I was going to say. Those wild card games were so much fun. Just having that marathon four-day stretch of just baseball, baseball, and baseball, and baseball, and baseball. And then the NLDS series were entertaining. Um, In the the championship series, I mean, both of them go to seven games. One of them, it's back-to-back three-game win streaks and then decided by a two-run game in game seven. The other is a team blowing a 3-1 series lead to the powerhouse who finally, hopefully, can get it done. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, we got a good World Series coming up. We're going to be covering it as we do with postseason baseball on this show. For Alex, I'm Noah signing off, saying follow us on social media. Hit that subscribe all button. Leave a comment. You know the drill. We'll see you tomorrow.